Hi, everyone, and welcome to the I Am Landscape Growth Podcast, where entrepreneurs help entrepreneurs grow faster, better, and stronger in the green industry. From leadership to sales to recruiting and operational excellence, we cover the topics holding entrepreneurs back and share how to get past those bottlenecks with the best in the industry. I'm your host, Rob Murray, co-founder and CEO of Intrigue, a digital marketing company focused on helping landscape companies grow. So sit back and enjoy the show. All right. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast of I Am Landscape Growth. Um, today, I have the honor of introducing Frank Bork. Most people have probably heard of you. Maybe they're listening to this podcast. Some maybe haven't. Uh, we'll get a chance to learn a lot more today. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the show and doing this. Oh, well, thanks for having me, Rob. Really appreciate it. Cool. Um, so Frank, helping landscape and hardscape business uh, owners manage and automate their business, um, increase team results, profits, and freedom, uh, business consultant, coach, speaker, podcast, you know, you name it, um, and just a really well-respected and renowned name in the green industry. So again, thanks for doing this. Um, we start this off just to give some people some context, right? So as we're going through your perspective, they understand where it's coming from. So can you give us a quick kind of rundown of what you're up to these days and kind of what's led you there over the last couple of years? Yeah. Um, you know, I think my, um, my journey started by just having my own business, um, you know, which started over 20 years ago, um, which led me to going through the same ropes as everybody else, learning about how to manage a business, manage employees, um, implement systems. And so uh, even going through the, economy crash in 2008 2009 that was my main lesson and i think this is where we transformed our business uh, we had over 100 employees and so just the growing pains which everyone i think goes through at different levels uh, today's you know today's topic is is great because i think it's going to help people see that everyone grows at different pace just like i did and and then you evolve and where it brought me was i wanted the for me, the ultimate freedom was to be able to not only uh, run my own business, but gain more and more freedom. So at one point, I sold my business and decided to just fully engage into uh, the consulting part of it, the business coaching part of it, uh, public speaking with the green industry and helping business owners grow. And uh, now I help businesses from anywhere from a million um, to over 50 million in revenue per year. So Today, we'll talk about, you know, what's common from the small companies to the larger companies and, you know, how do people move from one level or one stage to the next to awesome. grow their business. Epic, man. Thanks, dude. Um, all right. So the the theme of this entire podcast is around, you know, what are the growth constraints, you know, um, that entrepreneurs are challenged with these days and how are we getting through them? And you know, markets are shifting pretty dynamically these days. People say fluid a lot, whatever that might be. Yeah. Um, what do you see as a primary growth constraint, you know, uh, on the on the day of this recording being August 18th, 2023? First thing, this summer has been totally different, I think, than the previous two or three. Every one of my clients, doesn't matter, large, small, they're all saying, I'm not getting as many calls. I'm not, uh, it's not as easy to get clients or contracts. Um, you know, some with a very strong branding might uh, get more referrals just organically. But generally, if you haven't done your homework or you haven't marketed before or people don't know your brand very well, then it's um, it's time to think about it. And it's time to think not only about that, but it's also time to think about how do I attract people to my company? How do I um, uh, retain people? So these are really the main topics. And I mean, people process tools, right? But essentially when the economy is shifting, you really need to think about and plan ahead. And that's been my main focus with my clients right now is like, Hey, let's be proactive in attracting people, in attracting clients, but the ones that you want, not just randomly. So um, that's my that's my main focus right now is looking at how can we future proof the business, no matter what kind of economy or slowdown that we're gonna have to face or that's coming our way. We just nobody knows, but hey, if you're ready all the better, right? Yeah, that's cool. And and most of your clients are Canadian or you have American clients too? I would say about 75% US and 25% Canadian, just okay. that I do a lot of events in the US. So cool. a larger market. 
-hmm. So are you, are you seeing um, that across the board in the States and in Canada? Absolutely. Yeah. From the West coast to the East coast, the to, to central to up North here, um, whether it's even Toronto or Ottawa, Montreal, uh, even the East coast, West coast. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We're just seeing a different, a different trend. So as, as a, a marketplace slows down a little bit, because before, you know, like even you said it, right. The last two years, if you could do the job, you got the job essentially, right. Like the competitive quotes weren't really a thing, you know, less tire kickers. The fact that you could even show up was a competitive advantage um, now to a shifting marketplace where, People are a bit more scrutinous. There's a little less of them, maybe a lot less of them, depending on where you are. Um, so what are you seeing that's working for folks? Because you you talked about this uh, idea just quickly as you as you were explaining the kind of um, you know, nature of market right now. This idea of being able to attract people, customers and team, um, and this idea of branding, which can be pretty nebulous for folks when it comes to like, okay, yeah, branding, like whatever, Nike swoosh, it kind of gets left to the side and people don't really understand the impact of it. Can you just break that down a little bit for us to so help people understand like not only what it is, but what you're seeing some folks do that's helping them win? Yeah. Um, I really identify always like five things when it comes back to um, constraints, stuff that kind of slows people down in, in any economy, but especially in this economy, uh, my top five uh, for me is, first, it always starts with mindset. Because if you're going to an economy that's slowing down and you panic, then hey, you're going into fear mode and we never make great decisions in fear mode. So I try to try first, hey, let's not focus on what you don't control, focus on what you can control. And what you can control is to be more proactive, have a better plan, steer people in the right direction, better leadership, um, take your time in hiring, fire fast if you need to. You know, if it's not working or it's not working out, you have to drag it all uh, longer than you need to. But for me, it's first, it's mindset. Without it, you know, we're, we're not much because if I think Henry Ford said it the best, like whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, um, you're right. So that starts there. And for me, I make sure that my client has a, a mindset. And I always say, hey, would you want your employees to have that mindset? You know, always, you know, you know, fearing the worst. So not putting in the effort or just saying, hey, I, you know, market's going to crash. So might as well just so it's how do we see the future and how proactive can we be? So first is mindset. Second is it will always come back to how you use your time, right? So in a market that kind of slows down, if you're spending all your time on site, not focused on getting more clients, all of a sudden you run out of job. Mm. Uh, we all have the same amount of time, but for some reason, some people just really use it well and they're super efficient at it and they keep uh, growing their business every year despite the economy, despite the the lack of you know labor out there that you know everyone's talking about. Those people with the right mindset do not focus on the excuses. They just say, hey, I got to find people. That's it. That's all. I got to talk to more people. I got to network. I got to build my relationships. I got to talk to schools. I got to go to colleges. I got to go um, um, proactively meet more people at big events like Landscape Ontario, right? There's a big event coming in January. Mm. Nobody should miss that. Um, the opportunity to learn, connect with people, make new connections, um, meet organization or uh, firms that can help them better market themselves to get out there a little bit more. The best people I know with the less people issues, which would be my third <laughs> growth constraints is when you are looking for people or you're stuck because you don't have the right people or your people are not in the right position, you're going to feel some stress. Mm. So to me, companies who really focus on the people first see a lot more results because people know when you care like and people don't care before before they know you care right so if your employees have a feeling that all you're thinking about is money profit and jobs getting done fast then they know they're not first and they won't put you first they won't care about your goals so i the the the, the employees or the employers that have the best results with their employees their people and attracting more are the ones that really put the focus on saying hey we got to build a career plan for you. We got to onboard you better. We got to train you better. We got to make sure you understand your task. We got to make sure you understand your responsibilities, how to do it, why to do it, and how much of an impact you're going to have 
which that's purpose, right? If you have an impact and you know you're having an impact, you're going to love your job. If every day you come in and there's no purpose or you don't feel there's an impact, who cares, right? Maybe so, don't even show up, right? Yeah. I, yeah. The, the people first thing um, I just think is so important. And one of the things I just want to mention to the audience, if you get a chance to listen to the other podcasts we've done. So we're also uh, interviewing a bunch of folks from like different levels of associations across Canada and the US because they have a neat perspective like you where they get to see like lots of members and the issues they have. But this common component in all the successful or most successful uh, companies within these associations across North America, it's from Florida to California, Texas to New Brunswick to, you know, everywhere. Mm is a people first approach where they prioritize training and safety. Yeah. The ones that focus yeah. on training and safety win. And I think you're just, you're touching on that idea beautifully. And then, and that idea that, you know, no one cares until they know you care. Um, I think John C. Maxwell said, you have to win someone's heart before you can ask for their hand. Um, I love that. It's so important. So uh, I'm going to come back to all these, all five. I just wanted to mention, though, I think that one's a huge one. And there's a bunch of episodes that people can listen to that really touch on it and how, which we'll get back to. So what's number four? Number four is process, right? So knowing in which stage of business you're in is going to help you to identify um, the processes that you need and the systems that you need. So I'll give you an example. I see some businesses move out of like the business owner is on the field. He decides one year, Hey, I'm going to just move out of the field, work in the office, right? Because he reads a book like the E-Myth and says, um, my time is better spent in the office. So I'm just going to trust my people. But what he doesn't realize is that if he hasn't put skills competency first, and if he hasn't trained his people, and if he, if it's not organized, if people don't know in which order to do it, if he's putting out fires every day because, you know, there's no um, concrete way of doing things, then it's going to be really, really hard. So if you operate like a stage two business, which is you're trying to move more in the office, stage one would be you're on the field. Well, if you do it too quickly, you're going to feel a lot of stress mm. and then you'll have to go back to the field and then you'll say, well, I tried it. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. If, if, you, gotta, if you want to do it right, you got to do it yourself. Right. And so you have five stages that I, that I commonly work. And that's the first, one of the first things I identify when I do like a business audit, just like a, just like looking at how the business operates. So, so my, the most common mistake I see is businesses operate at the wrong level or the wrong stage of business. And in each stage, you can do certain things for your sales, marketing, admin production. That's actually going to help you to systemize it in a way where you're going to be more consistent, it's going to be repeatable, and people are going to understand like, hey, our company operates a certain way. We know how it operates. It's very consistent. We know who to talk to when there's an issue. We know what to do when there's an issue. We know what to do every day. We have a plan every day. We have a goal every day, right? So for me, it starts with knowing which stage of business you're in. Stage three would be your focus more on sales because now you want to grow the teams. You want to, you need more sales, you need more revenue. Um, and you need to focus on, on the business systems that are going to set your teams the right way with the right leadership. Stage four would be really letting go of um, the, the control. So giving control more to your managers, your leaders who are going to, inspire people to learn how to be, you're going to be building more and more leaders to, to help you build your business. And then stage five would be you're fully systemized. You're the CEO. You don't have to go to necessarily to the office every day, but you're, you have the pulse of your business because you know what's going on. You basically know like, Hey, looking at my numbers, my KPIs, right? The numbers that tell you, Hey, the revenue, uh, the profit, uh, the efficiency, you know, if it's going well or not in your business. So that would be a stage five, fully systemized, automated. That's the best place to be when you want to sell your business because it's very valuable at that point. Epic. And so I identify which stage of business they're in to identify which process we're going to take to help the business owner. And then we build a strategic plan on the strategic plan. It's like, hey, what does your business look like short term, long term? Um, what are your core values? People think, and this is funny because often talk to companies under a million and they're like, I don't need to focus on core values right now, Frank. I just want to build a business, right? And I'm like, yeah, but if we don't build something with your core values, you're going to end up building a business you don't want because you're going to end up having people who don't care maybe about quality. Maybe you'll hire 
anyone that comes to your door. And if only half of the people you hire care about quality and it's not in line with your core value, which is quality is number one, then you're going to be in trouble, right? It's going to, it's going to be painful. And your blood pressure is going to rise because you're going to be sitting there shaking your head of why are people doing things the way that they're doing them. I love that, man. Like it's never mm-hmm. too early to get core values figured out. It's actually probably even easier to establish them when you're smaller. Yeah, exactly. I've kind of just realized to which point core values are important because every time you have a problem in the business, you say, hey, is this person, let's say, or is this decision or this person or this client in line with our core values? If not, then go the opposite direction. Okay? If one of your core values is um, you know, having a place where people are really happy, then you're going to have to put people first. Like it's, it's, that's as simple as that. And when you put people first, the business owner doesn't go out and buy the biggest truck. And then his uh, employees have an older truck on the site that, you know, that breaks down all the time. But I've seen that all the time. It's like, no, if you're people first, everyone is put on that same level where it's like, no, we care about you. We care about your future. We care about your career. We care about your purpose here. And we care how, um, you're going to be doing your work because we want you to succeed, right? That's awesome. And then so going um, back to the five constraints, process number four, number five. Five would be your tools, but not just, we think uh, when we talk to landscapers, we talk about tools, they're like, yeah, what's, I'm going to buy my next excavator or, or piece of equipment. I'm talking about tools like, hey, first you got to know your numbers. So you need a, a, a business management software, budgeting software that can help you know where you fit, right? So are you profitable? Uh, the way you're pricing your jobs. Sometimes people work five years, 10 years, 20 years before they find out that they're not <laughs> profitable, right? And We so, haven't made money on a retaining wall in 20 years. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> so tools. Uh, tools can be software. That's where I would start. If I had to go back 20 years, I would start with the right software. And people say, oh, it's two, three, 400 bucks a month, whatever, or more. This, if you don't take it, this money, you'll never make it. So if you think $400 a month is expensive, for example, wait till wait till you see what happens if you don't have it, right? So I would save my money, have a little, you know, a little bit uh, aside for like my main tool. Main tools is like business management software. It's also hiring tools. So it's like having people, um, whether it's like something like Indeed, uh, getting to know more about sites like Indeed that can help you find people. Tools could be resources. It could be um, people that can help you find talent, right? It could be um, on-site tool as well. So for your team, my clients always know what's the next piece of equipment or tool that they're going to buy for their teams, but they don't buy it the day that they need it. They know that it's coming because they already know it's budgeted, for and because if you don't budget for it all of a sudden you notice you haven't been profitable at all that year because you spent too much on tools and it doesn't necessarily make you profitable if you only use it on one job or two jobs i've noticed that a lot too people buy one piece of equipment that they can use on one site and so everything's planned and then there's also leadership tools um i consider training part of the the toolbox and then obviously there's the marketing tools people don't realize that now more than ever, usually, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd say that you have to put uh, between two to five percent aside for your marketing uh, as a minimum. Um, and then if you don't have to use it, great. But if if you if you have it aside, um, at least then you can put some of that money for hiring people. You can put some of that money for marketing for for finding clients. But then you're targeting the right people. And when marketing is done the right way man, it could be your best tool. So a good marketing system. A good Hallelujah. S- yeah. <laughs> I'm talking your language. No doubt. But uh, a good marketing system. And when you have a good marketing system, I know you you guys work with your clients with this. You, always, you also have to have a, a sales system. So for me, a big tool is knowing exactly how to take a lead because a lot of people have a lot of leads, but they, they, they don't know what to do with the leads when they come in because they're too busy, right? So- which is insane and also very true. So there's so much here um, on these five pieces. I'm going to whip through the five and just go a little bit deeper on each yep. one. Um, and, and I think we'll probably, you know, we could probably do uh, an episode on each of them. Yeah. Um, okay. Mindset. Number one, um, 
First of all, it's really interesting. I've, you know, I've done whatever, maybe 15, 16 interviews uh, with landscape entrepreneurs, probably over a hundred with entrepreneurs overall. And there's a, there's a select few, you know, maybe one in 10 or one in 15 that will say, when I ask about growth constraints, they'll say me. And they are aware that they have to grow themselves. Wow. And so when you look at folks and you're talking about mindset, what kind of tools, resources, whatever approaches do you recommend or work with people on to start building that mindset? Um, first and foremost, I help people when we start that process with mindset. If I see resistance or if I see some positive, like someone who has a really positive mindset and maybe a lot of qualities on that end to better work with people, um, I conduct an assessment, like a personally, a pers a personality assessment to know like, hey, you know, like we can categorize people in like four different categories. My approach is going to be different with all those categories. The first one, if I give you an example, if I'm dealing with a dominant personality, I know that those people are just, they get stuff done, right? Like people who are um, dominant personalities, they just want you to go right to the point. Don't waste my time, Frank. Just tell me what I need to do. I'm going to go out. I'm going to do it. No patience there, but it's good because they get stuff done. They drive. Then, then we have the people that are really social and, you know, like they just, um, you don't put three of those on one crew because usually they'll just talk all day, right? But they're, they're, it's important to know, you know, with that personality, I got to connect with that person first. If I connect with that person first on the social side, I can impact his mindset a lot faster. Very and cool. it's the same for business owners. Um, and then if you're more on the, um, you know, uh, you have those personalities that are more like um, keel, never too high, keel, never too low. Yeah. So those steady people, wins the race. Yeah. So for me, if I'm a D dominant, right. And I'm pushy with those people, I will not be able to connect with them. I will not be able to help change the mindset. Um, so, and then the other ones, like think about an accountant, right. Very conscientious of he needs the proof. It's, it's black or white. A decision can only be good or bad. Um, Had a driven, yeah, right. My my dad's like that. He needs his routine. He needs to know, you know, it's done in a certain order and it's good. Agendas, planning. Agendas, planning. So with those people um, to connect with their mindset and to get them to change the mindset a little bit, I have to know that I have to start with where they're, where they're at. So I always keep that in mind. So in order to help the mindset, um, I start with knowing where they're, where they're at. And when I hear someone say something like, oh, you know, I can't trust my employees, my, you know, I don't have uh, people that can help me take care of my business. Well, that tells me that it always starts at the top, right? Problems always starts at the top. So yeah, shit rolls downhill, <laughs> right? So if, if you get one person that's blaming other people and he's saying they're not good, they suck. Well, then I'm without telling them directly, if they're dominant, I'll probably tell them directly. But essentially what I'm, I'm getting at is with them is trying to say, Hey, it's always comes back to the person on top. So if you're going to blame someone else, well, I'm going to come back to you and say, well, what are you doing that's not solving that problem? And that's my biggest hurdle. It's always my biggest hurdle. It's the mindset. And so there's assessment tools that you can do. Um, there's exercises that we can do. There's there's questionnaires um, that we give people. But, you know, uh, at, at the end of the podcast today, I'll, I'll give like a, a call to action for people to ask themselves some questions. But essentially what I'm looking at, like, you have to ask yourself for the mindset, would you want people to have your mindset in your business? I love it, man. It's and, as simple as that. Well, and, and uh, I, I quoted John C. Maxwell earlier, but he had another one, The Law of the Mirror. So the, the book, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, I read whatever, maybe 10 years yep. ago. And it was essentially just a constant you know punch to the gut as i'm realizing everything's my fault um, <laughs> but the law of the mirror was like uh everything happens for two reasons either you uh model it or you settle for it wow yeah that's good and i was just like oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and and then it's all about raising our standards another great yeah. one uh, i'm not sure if you've had a chance to check it out carol dweck growth mindset heard the name yep absolutely anyway. It's epic. Um, and, and one of the things in that that I found really fascinating and I share with people is this idea around like uh, saying something like my people, I can't trust my people. Yeah. Um, that is a determination, right? Yeah. Um, they're, that's fixed. It's, they're saying it as if they're color, the color of their eyes, like it can't change. Yeah. 
Um, and then in, in, in her book, and she talks about this with kids and with adults, but this idea of like yet, and just like having this idea that you can change over time if you want to, but the decision has to start from within. I think the idea of success being between the ears as the first step, Frank, is pretty badass, man. I really appreciate you sharing yeah. that. Okay, so time. Time, so time management, right? Um, when I asking or when I'm asking questions with, with a client of mine, you know, who wants to improve their business, I look at how they spend their time. So it's as simple as saying, hey, put down on paper every day what you're doing in a week. And when you you're when I notice that people do low-level tasks and they could delegate it, and we'll talk about execution later on because I have a few. Uh, like an acronym people can use to not only execute better, but to remember how to delegate better. And so that's one of the biggest mistakes is thinking that you're the only one who can do it in your business. Uh, my rule of thumb is saying, hey, if you want to spend your time better, you got to learn to delegate better. And my rule of thumb is if someone can do it 80% as well as you do it, well, then start delegating it. And there's like, to me, there's like four stages to delegation. It really has to start with like showing them, being the one who shows exactly what to do. Then you let them try, you let them make mistakes or you coach them along the way, but you stay next to them. You can't just explain it and leave. You have to stay there, take a look at it. I told them once. Right, I, I told them once. <laughs> they should remember every time. And then the third is like letting them try on their own once they've succeeded with you next to them and then asking them to come back with some feedback to know how it went. And then when they can do that, well, several, several times, then yeah, you let them go. And if there's an issue, they, they respond back. But sometimes we just go through uh, too fast. So time management for me is take a look at your, your, your weekly activities. And if you have a lot of low level tasks that if you're the business owner and you're picking up materials, that's something you could pay someone 15, 18, 20 bucks an hour to do. You should be focused on growing the business, building the relationships, making sure you get the right price, the right numbers, making sure that your teams are efficient on site. So uh, responding to emails all day is is not the most productive thing to do. And I, I see some business owners focus on all the low-level tasks. So ask yourself, is that something I could pay someone else less, you know, who who could be happy doing it, but I could pay them less where I could be making a hundred, 200, 500, thousand bucks an hour doing something else that helps my business, right? Getting a, a huge contract. That's an example of making a few, a few hundred dollars more an hour yeah. uh, to your pay as a business owner, for example. So one of the, uh, so on this idea, cause it's kind of like priority management, you know, we have this idea that uh, time yeah. management is usually a result of setting priorities properly and then making sure those priorities are in your calendar. Kind of like what you're yeah. saying in terms of your weekly focus, what are like kind of the top three priorities? And you've kind of alluded to them just in the way that you're explaining it now, but sometimes I talk to entrepreneurs and they're just like, I know I'm supposed to prioritize my time. Yeah. I know I'm supposed to be doing things at a high level in the CEO, but like, what is it? You know, yeah. like, what am I supposed to be focused on? And it kind of seems like the focus might shift at the, the stage of business. Do, yeah. um, but what, what would you see as like the common top two, three priorities that a leader should be really kind of hammering home? Top priorities would, for me would be, do you know what you need to do tomorrow? Not, not like figuring out that this morning, what you need to do today is like tomorrow, what do you need to do? Who needs to do what, right? So you 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 need to know exactly who's doing what and and why, um, and then also making sure everyone has the resources that they need uh, on a daily basis. Making sure that if you're going to delegate something, that you have a, a plan uh, well laid out for them that they can understand. Uh, and also, it's monitoring the progress. So if you're never tracking anything. It means that you don't know if you failed or if you've won um, until it's maybe too late. So I'll give you an example. I tell people all the time, if you go see whether it's a hockey game, football, or whatever you're interested in, right? Like what would happen if there was no scoreboard? So there would just be scores and, you know, nobody would be tracking penalties or anything like that. It, it would be chaos, right? And so for businesses that don't track anything at all, they don't have a scoreboard, as simple as just, how much do we how much money do we need to make today did we reach that goal and what do we need to do tomorrow in order to reach that revenue goal everyone should know how much money they need to make on a daily basis on average I everyone love that, man. That number there's so much beauty and simplicity 
and when you know some people are listening to this they might have that figured out and they're probably loving it and then some mm -hmm. people don't have it figured out and they're like okay i don't think it'd be too difficult to figure that out yeah. um that idea of a scoreboard and it being what's the daily revenue required and do we hit it and what do we need tomorrow that's beautifully simple man mm -hmm. uh all right so next one process oh no people first you said time now people first people first this one i got a couple of pieces on so what do you mean by that and what can people start doing to make that come to life uh, for me, people first means um, does everyone who is already working with you, for you, do they understand what their roles and responsibilities are? Are they in the right position? Um, if so, if not, are you guiding them well? And in order to retain them, let's start with just the people you already have. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you are those people, you got to take care of them. Do you have the right people? Are they competent in their job? If they're not, comes back to the owner, right? It comes back to the person in charge saying, Hey, I think I gotta, I'm going to spend a little bit of time of, uh, with you because you're really good at doing this. But if we can improve um, these, um, these tasks or whatever it is they're working on, yeah, absolutely. We can give you a raise because that's going to help bring more value. It's going to help bring the team up. It's going to make us more efficient, whatever that is. And, yeah. and um, so people first for me is, is always be on the lookout of what your people need. Do they have the right resources? But also to attract more people, you have to build that culture right within your company. If you can have the, I always tell people right now, you're looking for people. You have an ad on Indeed, for example. So that's great. You're going to attract a, a bunch of people. You're going to interview people. What if you find the best candidate ever, but you're not ready to welcome them? Mm. Let's say you have no systems. Actually, everyone has systems. Doesn't mean they're they're great systems, right? right. But but everyone has systems. So, but if you have um, great systems and people show up, they're going to be like, "Wow, this company's organized." And I don't know about you, but I've never met a team that is disorganized that is happy. Right. Never happened. So if you are organized, then yes, you can welcome someone to come into your company, work for you, and they'll stay a lot longer. And if you're organized, chances are your culture, your business culture, if you have good values, you're organized, you're going to keep those people a lot longer because people are happy in a, in a place where they understand what's going on. It's organized. It's efficient. People are happy. when They're proud of the work that they do, proud. whether it's at the office or in the field. So one of the things I hear a lot, and um, we do a lot of stuff you know, similar to what you're saying. I mean, we're obviously yep. always trying to improve, but some people will ask me, like, how do you have the time to do that? Or mm. some people say, like, I don't have time to do that. Yeah. What do you, what do you say to those folks? I always say, spend a minimum of one hour a day on the most important task. And it always comes back to people and numbers. So it's, if you're not doing that, then I well, would say, Hey, good and luck. It's, and it's beautiful though. Right. Uh, I was talking mm -hmm. to this uh, uh, gentleman, his name is Scott Tolson. He's got an episode that'll be uh, published soon. Um, he's part of uh, the mid America green industry council. Uh, he got a business out in, where is it? It's not St. Louis. Anyway, whatever, mid-America. Yeah. Um, but he said, you manage numbers and you lead people. Oh, wow. Yep. And mm. like, uh, if you don't have time to lead people, mm. they will probably leave you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or you're going to spend all your time putting out fires. So why not Absolutely. get ahead of it and start leading your folks, which I think is awesome, man. I really appreciate you yeah. sharing that. Uh, okay. Process. Like, yeah, what, so what do you do to make that come to life? The process to me, it starts, we we talked about strategic plan, but every day you should have a plan or your crews or your teams or um, your employees. Everyone should have a plan. Everyone should know where they're going um, in advance. It's not like a last minute thing. If it is a last minute thing, all you're going to be doing is putting out fires all day, right? All week, all year. Yeah. So for me, it's having a plan for each day, having goals every day. Um, like I said, knowing what they need to, what needs to get done identifying priorities, like you said, um, and execution. Like we'll, we'll get to execution in a second, but for me, execution means, do you, because most business owners, oh, you know, we meet, I meet people all the time that has 20 years, 25, 30 years in business. For some people, they just repeated the same year for 30 years. So right. to me, whether you have 20 years experience or 45, 
as long as you're learning from those mistakes and you're doing better every year, great, then you're growing. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, executing the right way is, you know, most business owners know what they need to do, but sometimes they don't know the order. So when we were talking about the stages of business, when you know which stage of business you're in, then it's so much easier to know, okay, here's the process I'm going to use until I reach the next stage of business because then I'll have someone managing that department. But until then, this is the process I'm going to use. So in order to have a good process for everything, for production, for your stuff uh, on the admin side, you need to, in order to execute properly, you need to identify the priorities, but the order also in which you're going to do it. Because sometimes you can shoot yourself in the, in the foot if if you are go too quickly or you make decision based on impulse or emotion. And I don't know if you've heard this before, but I'm tracking this every year just to see. But as people get tired uh, through the year, especially in the landscape business or any trade sure. for that matter, they make more impulsive decisions. And uh, and so for for business owners that are working on the field, they're they have ten hats every day, right? They're managing crisis and employees and so payroll and payroll loans. and everything else, right? So. I tell them every year, we need to try to delegate something every year. So if you're making more money next year, we're hiring your uh, bookkeeper, right? So that when you, you have- Yes, please, for the love of God, hire right? the bookkeeper. Let's start with that, right? <laughs> but uh, so process is so important. And I think it's process just means oftentimes the order in which you do stuff. And is it repeatable? Is that something that you can, um, that can be consistent? Is that something that you can repeat? And is that something that people can understand? Yeah, that's cool, man. And I honestly, I think we could do an, an episode literally on each one of these, and we probably mm -hmm. should. Um, okay, tools. Uh, I want to ask you a couple of quick questions because we're gonna, you know, wrap up in the next whatever five seven minutes. Yeah. You mentioned business management, um, hiring, training, marketing, sales process, but business management software. It, do you have any recommendations? Like, do you have a couple of tools that you think just kick ass? To me, um, simple is better. Intuitive. Uh, software is better. It's it's something that you, I mean, it's going to take effort to implement anything. But to me, I think the the one that's had the most success with some of the crews I work with, I would say from the one to $5 million range is, um, or even less than 1 million would be synced up. Synced up, uh, what I love about them, they focused their software on budgeting first. So when you budget first, then you you make your bids, your estimates, your your quoting based on your numbers, not somebody else's square footage price, but right. you're what you need to get the job done. Um, but on top of that, what I love about it, they use the the color uh, system. So when your business is doing well, when your numbers are great, everything appears in green, right? Yeah, if you're in the positive, cool. you're in the green. But as soon as simple your hours start going over Well, it tells you it, everything turns yellow. And then when you're in the red, it means, Hey, like it's, you're getting there. You better fix it soon. Right. Or find a solution. But so I like that because the crews can know where they're at and easily. It, easily. And the same for the business owner. So to me, synced up element is good as well. You have aspire for larger companies. Um, they have more needs. They have a lot more stuff they're trying to track. More complexity so, for sure. More complexity. Yep. Mm -hmm. Love it, man. Um, okay. Synced up LMN aspire. That's a couple of awesome recommendations. You mentioned hiring. You mentioned indeed everybody uses it. Any thoughts on Glassdoor? Like we see a lot of people not using Glassdoor. They actually have Glassdoor profiles. They don't even know about it. Yep. Can you, it's, you it's scary, right? Because now it's like the LinkedIn of, um, looking for your next employer. But if, if you have a business and you're not there yet and someone created a profile for you, uh, it could be positive or negative. Normally if they created it for you, we find yeah. it negative. Yeah, exactly. So it's putting your chances, the luck on your side by identifying branding your business the way you want people to, to see your business. So, um, essentially that's an awesome tool. I think it's like, Hey, put yourself out there as in many places as you can, right? Be present on Classdoor, be present on Indeed, be present at the, with your landscape associations. You know, the people who show up at these trainings at landscape associations, even if they work for other companies, sometimes they want to change. But if they get to know who you are as a company, they've heard about you, they they know how well you do things. Your organ follow you on Instagram, they maybe follow you, right? Um, you're out there. You're putting out good content. 
you seem like a someone who would be really great to work for, then eventually you're going to attract these people who are just looking for change, just looking for a new uh, challenge, just looking for maybe the next level um, of. It's awesome too, because they're in the industry, they're at the associations, they're almost by definition engaged folks because they're learning at these places. Um, what a like kind of diamond under your feet perspective. I think that's super important. Uh, okay. So you mentioned an acronym on delegation, yeah. execution yeah. and delegation. What's that? So um, I think about like, to me, it's, it's red light, but it's just red R E D. So when you want to execute something very well, you're most likely if you're a business owner, if you're a good business owner, you're going to look to see, do I have to do it? Or do I have something I can delegate to? that would be great for this task, right? So the R stands for responsibility. So responsibility means uh, make sure that the person knows what they need to do, do. so their role, their responsibility, the details of the tasks, um, why this task is important, and how um, them fulfilling it has an impact, whether it's on the client, whether it's on the team, on the company, that gives purpose. So first That's is cool. R for responsibility. The next one is empowerment, E for empowerment. So make sure that your employees are fully empowered. They have the authority, that the right people have the authority, mm. the, re the resources um, to be successful, right? So think through um, what you have, uh, what you what you need to get done. Make sure they have the right tools, make sure they have the right connections um, and make sure that you ask them if they need anything else. Because sometimes you think you've provided everything that your employees need, but there might be something you're not thinking about that just- Well, they just... It's, so, it's so interesting, man. Like we do this, uh, and not just us, it's a, a Gallup uh, poll international survey. The, nice. It's called the Q12 or something like that. And one of the statements that is, uh, it goes from very, I strongly disagree to strongly agree. One of the mm -hmm. statements is, I have the tools and equipment to do my job uh, well every day. And, and, you know, we do it ever, what, twice a year. And, um, but sometimes we'll get responses and it'll be like, agree. So there's some, there's a gap. It's not strongly agree. And well, what is it? And they're like, uh, clarity. I don't have clarity. I'm like, oh, snap. Or they're like, you know, whatever, ergonomic something or whatever. But to your point, if we don't ask, we don't know. And we might think we got everything they need, but if they're missing something, we need to know. Yeah. So true. And the last one would be a deadline, right? Um, I've, you know, setting expectations for when um, it needs to be completed by. It, when there's no deadline, people or human beings by default will, will do whatever at their own pace if they're not given a deadline, right? So if you have someone who's self-motivated, great, it might get done quick. But if you have someone who's like, hey, nobody looks stressed about this, I'm going to take my time. So it helps people to stay organized, to stay on, on top of things, and it gives them an understanding of, of what the company needs, right? Uh, to be profitable. And on top of that is um, ensure that there's buy-in into, into, into what they're doing. You can tell someone, hey, this needs to be done by Friday. But if you don't ask them, you know, how they're going to get there or it, if you don't it, show them how to get there, yeah, that's right? Is it reasonable? So looking or talking through different objections maybe uh, might be helpful but you have to be aware. And I think as business owners, employers, we often communicate something and everyone's busy. Sometimes we forget to just take one extra pause and say, do you need anything else? Does this make sense? Um, can I help you with something that you might not have? And it's just that pause, right? Giving someone a task is fine. But like all these little things has so much more impact when you take the time to break it down like that. So responsibility, empowerment, and deadline are to me essential to execute better, to motivate, and but also to delegate. And uh, so to me, delegation is something that everyone uh, needs to learn to do to, to grow. Especially, yeah, I mean, and, and I love how it all kind of, it all fits together um, and how you simplify, you know, this whole thing. Because if you don't delegate, how do you get to that next stage? How do you get out of the field? Um, yeah. How do you stop managing the office so you can go grow sales? Um, how do you make it so that you're completely systemized, right? Like if you're not mm -hmm. delegating, it's tough to get that focus. 
Um, all right, so before you uh, give a bit of a call to action with some questions for some folks at the end of this thing, um, I just want to summarize quickly, because I think one of the things that is really powerful in what you've shared today is this, you've like codified and simplified the complexities of growing a business. You know, as one person trying to grow a company, you know, what do I, what do I do this year, next year? You know, uh, it, it can be really daunting. It can be overwhelming. Mm. Um, but then you look at, you know, these constraints from mindset, time, people, process, and tools, and then you take those and prioritize them around the different stages of business. Again, five stages, whether you're in the field, in the office, focus on sales, focus on letting go or completely systemized. And then in order to be able to do all that, letting go and delegating with this acronym RED of responsibility, empowerment, and deadlines, like that's bad ass, dude. Like you've clearly been doing this for some time. I just really appreciate you coming on and sharing this with folks. I think there's a lot of value there. I think, well, thank you, first of all. Uh, and second, it's, I think when you break it down, I think one of the best things people can do is just find someone who's doing something that you would want to be doing. Like if you if you see a company that's really inspiring, whether they have 100 employees and you have one or two, it's like, it's incredible how generous people are. And all these things I'm I'm talking about today, I've all this information has been given to me half of it probably free just because yeah. people were just so willing to share these secrets along the way and and seeking them with this podcast and and all the information that you guys provide um i think it's so helpful i think it's just something that people don't have to overcomplicate things it's uh first you know just taking one thing and implementing it at a time but second it's just organizing um everything that seems so complex when you have so many problems to deal with or challenges, right? No doubt, man. Uh, all right. So you mentioned that you wanted to give some questions to the audience before you let them go. So what do you got? So the self audit, a um, little exercise. So um, everyone listening, uh, first of all, really appreciate you being here today, but I want to leave you with a, a few questions just to think about these five uh, gr growth constraints and where you fit into the picture. So first for the mindset, ask yourself these questions. Do you have a winning mindset? So does your leadership and your mindset match the mindset and leadership you want your employees to have, right? Uh, Short-term, long-term. Second, time. So are you and your employees maximizing and managing your time efficiently? So look at your day, day-to-day. -day. If you're not getting any phone calls, all the work is getting done and people are providing <laughs> the paperwork or whatever, how you do it. Um, and everything's going well, you're profitable, then chances are it's not a problem, this, this one, right? But if you're putting out fires every day and you don't have time to work on your business, chances are you could look at different ways to manage your time and help people manage your time better. Cool. Third, people, uh, would, you work with, uh, would you work for yourself? First question. So if you're a business owner, would you go work for someone exactly like you? And if you, I mean, if everyone around you is smiling, chances are it's a good sign, right? Uh, the second question you could ask yourself, oh, my apologies, just drop something here. It's okay. um, do you have the right people in the right positions? Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, I had an employee, had him for eight or nine years. I thought this person is ready to be a foreman, right? To move up. Well, um, the Peter principle, right? <laughs> Putting someone in, in a position where it's like to their own demise, like he did not want to be a foreman. So for me, I actually, he actually quit, right? After eight or nine years, he said, this is not what I wanted to do. So thinking, you know, if people are not happy first and foremost, are in the right position, is there something else that they could be doing better uh, that could be more helpful? Um, process. So are you being proactive on a daily basis or are you just putting out fires? That would be my main question for process. And then the last one for tools is, do you have a plan for your business growth? And often people will say, yeah, yeah, I got a plan. And then I ask them the next question, well, what is the plan? And I'll say, well, I'll just be profitable and build jobs. No, so no, I really have a plan, right? Uh, do you have a sales plan, marketing plan? Do you have a growth plan? And then also, do you know your numbers? To me, that's the most important question. Um, if you want to be profitable, hey, we're in business to make a profit so we can grow. Yeah. So do you know your numbers? And do you know what needs to get done next? 
like tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. Um, so that little self audit exercise, if people take it seriously, honestly, you learn a lot about yourself, but you have to be open to, to knowing that it might not be a pretty picture, but then go get answers to the ones that hurt the most or the, the most challenging. Well, and um, all change starts with consciousness, right? Like if we don't know yeah. something needs to change, how can we go possibly change it? So um, anyway, take that little quiz for all the people listening here. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. last one uh, before we let you go. Uh, resource, speaker, author, podcast, something that you'd recommend someone check out to you know start growing themselves. What would you What would you say is a good one? Well, I think just because we were um, talking about all these different things, you can do a great podcast. I would check out. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of them, and I keep hearing about different people they're interviewing. Uh, would be the Synced Up podcast just because they're looking at all different types of companies. And to me, you're going to learn from the small, large companies can learn the, it can remind them of when they were smaller and like, are they forgetting certain things that are important at the, at a, uh, you know, as a small business, a large business, but they also explore all the business systems that you can implement. So to me, that's a, a huge resource. I would say if you're not part of your landscape association, join, it's a wealth of resource and whether you're in Canada or in the U.S., I would check out uh, Hardscape North America. Um, I've learned more there. It's like 20 acres of equipment outside and 20 acres of exhibits and stuff inside that will help you discover, you know, what's next for you. And, sure. and you're going to meet the best people in the industry. They're honestly pretty much all, all there. there, right? It's awesome, man. Yeah. Okay, Frank. Um I really appreciate you taking the time, man. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Oh, last one. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, what do they do? Yeah, my website, frankbork.com. And Bork is spelled B-O-U-R-Q-U-E. They can, um, my information is there. They can reach out uh, or you can write an email at frank at frankbork.com. And I'm happy to spend 20 minutes with anyone who's motivated to make good change in their business. If you don't have that plan, I'll help you build that those next steps, those next actions for, for the business. Epic. Okay. Thanks for doing this. And thanks everybody for listening. Uh, this is just uh, another amazing episode of the I am landscape growth podcast. Thanks Frank. Thanks so much, Rob. Appreciate it. The I am landscape growth podcast is brought to you by intrigue where passionate marketing meets predictable results for entrepreneurs. Remember to like, and subscribe to the podcast. So you don't miss the next episode. And if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, please visit intriguemedia.com and click on podcasts.